Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All righty. Welcome. It's Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, and we are on Luke chapter 21. So we, uh, we're working our way through the New Testament, working our way specifically through the Gospel of Luke. Now chapter 21, um, right in the uh, beginning days of the last week of Jesus' life. The beginning of the week of the last week of Jesus' life. And um, yeah, so the temperature starts getting cranked up a little bit. Jesus gets a little more direct. Yesterday we looked at Stone Cold Jesus. Some really uh, uh, direct and poignant teachings yesterday of Jesus. And there will be more today in Luke chapter 21. You notice that Jesus, you know, as, as his earthly ministry time is running out, he he ratchets up the intensity of his teaching and preaching um, because he senses and knows that the time the days are short so let's cut let's cut to it welcome everybody glad to have everybody on today you know what we do we read we pray we change the world so let's read the word of god and see what the lord has to say to us today it's always a good thing it's exciting every day what's god going to say what's he going to do how's he going to challenge us how's he going to correct us inspire us encourage us comfort us convict us Oh, wait, what? Yep. Sometimes you read the word of God and you get convicted. You're like, I am I, I fall short here. So you never know. You never know what's going to happen. That's what makes it exciting and interesting. And when you open your heart up to the word of God, that's why we change. And then when we change, we change the world that we're in. When we come to the word of God, not only with an open Bible, but an open heart. Great things happen when you come to the, when you put those two things together, open Bible, open heart. God can do some good things. All right, so let's read it. Let's do it. Luke chapter 21. Turn down Jira a little bit. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. They're putting their gifts in the little black box. <laughs> he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Some translations say mites. Truly, I tell you, this the, a, a mite was the equivalent of one percent of a typical day's wage. So, what the tip, what an average person would make in a day, uh, her offering was one percent of that. So, made a dollar a day. She put a penny in. Um. Two pennies, sorry. She put two pennies. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Molly. Trish. Tanya. Welcome, everybody. Um, so Jesus observed this in verse 3. He says, truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow 
has put now we know about her, right? She's a widow. So she has no one. Remember in the first century, um, men, men, the, the head of the house, the, the man of the house generally took care financially of, um, of the wife. And so, you know, a, a wife without a husband was almost destined to poverty. And so here we see a widow whose husband is deceased and she was poor. Um, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I say this, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people get, gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Mm. What is Jesus? What is what? So what Jesus notices is not the large sums of money that go into the offering out of our abundance. What he noticed was this woman who gave out of her poverty. She gave out of sacrifice. The, the uh, in the Old Testament, David once uh, would not give an offering to the Lord that did not cost him something. He would say, he said, I refuse to give to the Lord that which cost me nothing. It's a sacrifice. We don't give money to God. We don't give our offerings to God because he needs money. It's not like he's up there like, I don't know, I'm going to make the light bill. <laughs> Hope I can make the mortgage this week. If Terry tithes, I might be I might be able to make the mortgage if Terry gives us tithe. But, man, if Terry don't tithe on time, we I don't know what we're going to do. No. Just like in everything we talk about, whenever... There's a call for God to uh, a call of obedience into our lives from God. It's not essentially for God. It's for us. It's an opportunity. It's an invitation for God to move in our lives. It's an opportunity for God to serve us. It, it, once we get that, it changes so many things in our lives. Our acts of service, our giving, our prayer, our time, everything we give. When we realize if God asks something of me, it's not because he wants to take from me. It's because he wants to give to me. And so this, this widow ex, ex, uh, exhibits great faith, inspiring faith, because she gives out of her poverty. She gives out of sacrifice. Not equal giving is what we will often say. It's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. That's why... The scripture teaches percent giving, 10%. We give the first 10% to God. Why? Because that's that's equal sacrifice. If I if if God said, okay, everybody's required to give a hundred bucks, uh hundred bucks a month, that's not equal sacrifice. For some people, a hundred bucks a month is a tremendous sacrifice. For some folks, a hundred bucks a month, we spend that on Starbucks. <laughs> For Four bucks a day, five days a week. That's a 20. That's a 20 every, every week on Starbucks. That ain't a sacrifice. But for some people, $100 a sacrifice. So, Jesus, so the word of God doesn't talk about just strict numeric values of giving. It's percent giving. We give God the first 10%. Because that's equal sacrifice. See, God don't, God don't look at the, God, God's not interested in the raw numbers. He's interested in the sacrifice. So people ask me all the time, should, should I be giving 10% to the Lord? Uh, yeah. 
Um, but what if like, what if I just became a Christian? And I'm not used to that. And hey, if you got to work into it, you got to work into it. But that's the baseline that you should be doing that. That's the good. That's why. Because God needs your money. No, because the church needs your money. No. Because God asked us. And this widow, who knows, Jesus says he she gave all that she had. So she didn't just give 10%. She gave the whole thing. This poor widow has put in more than all the others. She's not talking about raw numbers. She didn't put in. There's more people. People that put in that put in more than two mites in that offering. But what did she put in? She put in all she had. Out of her poverty, put in all, all she had to live on. See, we're already getting convicted. Already can get convicted. We did read three verses. I'm convicted already. I read three verses. I told you. I told you. Sometimes you get encouraged. Sometimes you get convicted. But it's all for our good. Um, verse five. Some of his disciples were were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. Remember the second temple period uh, back in the days of Zerubbabel and uh, uh, Haggai. They rebuilt the temple. Um, and uh, Ezra rebuilt the temple. Rebuilt temple. Uh, and for so from from that time up until uh, 70 A.D., the temple, this was the temple and it had been beautified. And for 80 years. Uh, during the time of Jesus, starting probably uh, 20 years before the birth of Jesus, up until A.D. 63, Herod uh, had embarked upon an, a, a massive temple expansion, some 36 acres. The temple, the temple included some 36 acres. It, was, it had grown, the, the temple complex. It was beautiful. It was in it would and so the time of Jesus is teaching here, it's still growing. They're still building it. They're still building it out. And would do so for another several decades. And so people marveled at it. It's like, well, this is amazing, this temple. They were adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on the other. Every one of them will be thrown down. That was unimaginable to them. Like, what? This place is amazing. How could that ever happen? Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be a sign that they were about to take place? They want to know when. They want to know prophecy, prophetically, the time. Give me the time. So I want to mark the calendar. <laughs> I need to put that in my day timer. I need a, a new event. <laughs> I get my iPhone on, put in there. New event. What's the date, Jesus? Okay, the temple destroyed. Every stone of the temple uh, uh, overturned. What's the date? I need a date and time. Put it in my uh, a calendar. <laughs> and Jesus replied, watch out that you do are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Oh, you know, so many people. Time is near. The time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. 
So Jesus is in this, uh, in Matthew's gospel, it's the Olivet Discourse. Uh, and Matthew's gospel is a little more detailed and elaborate. It's the same same teaching that Luke is recording for us here. And um, you got to remember that he's both, he will, he will go from talking distant future, way into the, way into the future and uh, more immediate future. He kind of fluctuates between both of those over his teaching. Um, so here he's talking towards the, towards the, the literal end, um, the future, way in the future. But he's also going to talk about in the next, you know, the destruction of the temple, which will happen in a few decades uh, from the time he taught this. Verse 10. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilence in various places. Sounds like 2020. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that was 2020. There's <laughs> uh, pestilence, earthquakes, fires, murder, murder hornets. I mean, what else? That was 2020. Verse 12, but before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of me, all, all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. So you got to make up ahead, make up your mind ahead of time before persecution that you're not going to worry. Think about that, man. In your life right now, maybe you're in a good season. You're like, you know what? I'm going to make my mind right now. I'm not going to worry. When when trouble comes, when adversity comes, at this day, you may start this day. You may start off a new day. You're like, I feel good today. But you know that something's going to happen. But you got to make up your mind right now, the beginning of this day, right now. I'm not going to worry. No matter what happens to me today, no matter what's thrown my way, no matter what adversity, complexity, persecution comes my way. I'm deciding now I'm not going to worry. So when I step into that situation and I'm tempted to worry, I'm like, no, 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 no. I already decided that. I already decided that. I decided that this morning during prayer, I'm not going to worry. So get behind me, Satan. I'm not worrying. God's going to take care of me. God's going to give me what the words to say. He's going to give me just what I need to get through. Yes, sir. Um, so but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. Um, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Whoa, whoa. I'm telling you, man, Jesus is shooting straight here. He's like, if you think this walk with me is all going to be a bed of roses and you're never going to have a bad day and you don't think some bad things are going to happen to you, if you don't think people are going to turn against you, if you think people, you think everything's going to go, your all every door is going to fly open, every window is going to be open, there's going to be no roadblocks. No, some of you are going to face intense persecution and some of you will even die. But you got to decide right now beforehand that you will not worry. That's awesome. That's why I'm not a, um, some of you may disagree. Some of you may be, I'm not. Uh, that's why I'm not a, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the rapture idea. The idea that we escape persecution and, and trial and tribulation. I do believe things will get worse uh, before the end. Um, 
increasingly worse. They've been bad already throughout history, but I believe they'll get worse. Uh, but I don't believe that the, the church somehow escapes any kind of persecution. Um, I just don't see that being taught in scripture. <laughs> I don't be personally, I don't see it being taught in scripture that Christians can escape persecution. That when it gets bad, get the Christians out. I don't, I don't see that. I see that when things get bad, God will give you sufficient grace to endure. I think, I think we Americans, we really like that idea of not having to suffer, suffer persecution. <laughs> Any kind of teaching that we would endure persecution. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. The word of God says we don't have to suffer. And what Jesus said, he said, some of you are going to be persecuted. Some of you are going to be uh, betrayed and some of you are going to be put to death. Yeah, well, yeah, but we're going to escape that. We're going to escape that. Before any of that bad stuff, we're going to get out of here. Yeah, no, no, no. My grace is sufficient. That's Terry. That's what Terry thinks. Verse 20, or I'm sorry, where are we? Verse 17, everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head. Not a hair on your head will perish. <laughs> See, I took care of that. See, um, I, not a hair on my head is going to perish because I already perished it. <laughs> I, I took care of that. <laughs> That's a fact. That's already been fulfilled in my life. Not a hair on my head is going to perish because I already perished them. They already, already, I just, I took care of them every day, every day. <laughs> Stand firm then and you will win life. Oh, I don't think I have ever, ever noticed the power of that verse. Man, you need to put that on your what? Did you see what Jesus just said right there? Stand firm and eat firm and you will win life. What? You want to know how to win? We all want to win. You stand firm with Jesus and you will win life. Man, I've been watching the Olympics. I just wish I could win at 150 meters. But if you want to win life, you want to win life? Jesus says, stand firm in him. Wow. Seriously, I don't know that I've ever seen that verse before. Stand firm and you will win life. My goodness. Wow. Man. I can barely move on from that. That just, wow. Amazing. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that it's desolation is near. Now, Jesus, as we said earlier, he's switching back. He's switching back to local. Now, I mean, a, a near future, uh, obviously beyond his um, lifetime, his earthly lifetime, but near future. He's not talking about the end of time. Now he's talking about this, something that's going to happen in AD 70. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out and let those in the country not enter the city. And it's interesting, historically, there's a record of Christians who, when Jerusalem was surrounded, they evacuated the city because of a, quote, oracle that they had been given. <laughs> An oracle, a teaching, a prophecy. 
Um, so um, secular historians record that during the destruction and the uh, the uh, uh, the siege on Jerusalem, that Christians evacuated the city because of an oracle they had heard. Uh, verse 22, for this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all nations. See, they ain't escaping persecution. Nobody's escaping persecution. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of Gentiles are fulfilled. So they're going to destroy the temple. They're going to they're going to they're going to seize Jerusalem. And they're going to be in Jerusalem um, until the quote time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. You know, what's interesting is those that were like my age. I was born in 1971. I've never lived in a world where there wasn't a nation called Israel. But the nation of Israel was not an official nation until 1948. And it wasn't until 1968 that Israel actually uh, controlled Jerusalem. In 68. So from the time of 8070 all the way to 1948 or 1968, depending on which date you want to look at, that was all the time of the Gentiles. The, the Gentiles ruled the promised land. And the Palestinians still rule the Temple Mount. So you might say that it's still under the time of the Gentiles. That Temple Mount, the temple that was destroyed, still has not been, complete, strictly speaking, under Israeli rule. That's 2,000, almost 2,000 years. Over 2,000, what am I talking about? Over 2,000 years. Um, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars. The earth and the nations will be in anguish and perplexity with roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, terror, apprehensive at what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now this, there's no, there's no indication that these kinds of things happen during the destruction of the temple in terms of the heavenly uh, things. Um, so this is probably, again, one of those things that towards the end of time. Heavenly bodies will be shaken. All that time, we will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. He's coming back. He's coming back. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because your redemption is drawing nigh. Your redemption is drawing nigh. It's drawing near. But you're going to be here. Listen, you're going to be here. You're not going to be taken out from the persecution. You're going to be here. There's going to be persecution. People are going to be in anguish. But the Son of Man is going to return. Because your redemption is drawing on you. See, Jesus, you're redeemed. You're redeemed from your sin now. But there's a day come when you will have full redemption. Woo! Full redemption. He told them this parable. Look, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know the summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. God's up to something. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, man, that's a look. Heaven and earth 
will pass away. This earth and the this world will pass away, but the word of God ain't going nowhere. <laughs> That's why we read the word of God. We read, we pray, we change the world because everything else is going to pass away, but the word of God ain't going nowhere. It will abide forever. So be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Look at it. It will come on everybody. He says it right there. For it will come on all those, all those who live on the face of the earth. That's every human being. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Mm. That's beautiful. And just a little glimpse into the life flow of Jesus right there. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple. What was Jesus about? Every day he was teaching. And each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And people came out early in the morning to hear him at the temple. Hmm. Man, God is good. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for being on today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So we're going to pray now. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the reminder of sacrificial giving and the privilege it is to give to you and how you bless and provide and uh, every call of obedience that you request of us is an opportunity for us to be served uh, beautifully by you. Um, so Lord, help us to remember that when we think of obedience as a chore, uh, let us be reminded that it's a blessing and an opportunity um, for great things to enter our lives. Lord, thank you for the word of God that gives us a vision into the future that teaches reality and truth and uh, tells us that we don't have to be um, anxious. So Lord, today we choose before this day begins, right in this moment, we choose no matter what we face, no matter what we come to, uh, into, uh, come in contact with today, no matter what we face, we choose right now, we will not be anxious. And God, we pray when those moments come, we will remember that you are with us, that you will give us everything we need for each moment. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word that reminds us that if we stand firm in you, we will win life. Wow. 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 We will win life if we stand firm in you. So God, we choose to do that. We choose with what we can control and that's right now. And we choose right now and in this day and in this moment to stand firm in you. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I pray you would bless them today and encourage them, give them strength and power. May your grace and peace fill each and every person today. May you give them strength and power beyond themselves for whatever they face. If there are any sick, may you raise them up. If there are any discouraged, may you bring encouragement. If there are any um, weak, may you give them strength today. And we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. God bless you today. Wow. Powerful stuff from the word of God today. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for spending some time in the word of God, for being encouraged by it, I hope, and uh, by applying it. So go change the world, make a difference, be a light to someone today. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.